It is a, another episode of Meathead Hippie, which you all know has been very recent. So loving the new name. I hope you guys are too bringing all my meatheads and all my hippies together, one bicep curl and one plant at a time. <laughs> um, honored to have this guest. You guys are going to love her. You guys know her. She is the creator of Fat Fudge, an incredible chef. A business owner, someone who takes no shit but does no harm. And I'm honored to call her a friend. So glad I got her on the podcast. Long time coming. I really want her to co host it with me, but we'll save that for another day. Um, and what else? I wanted to congratulate on my challengers. We're mid challenge, and I'm so excited that you guys are loving the workouts, loving the information. It's not too late to jump into 21 Days with M. This is my baseline. This is where I talk basics about blood sugar control and carbs, proteins, fats, why high fat diets are so great, and really just the concepts of gut health and adrenal health and how they impact our overall wellness. Seriously, if you're interested, it's 21 bucks. Sign up. You can jump in or you can wait until it's over, until I rerun it. And what else is going on? I have, um, I'm heading to Vancouver, Canada for the first time to meet my sister for her birthday. We had some great events in the past couple weekends and I just am ready to go play and hike and use my impact. So you guys are wonderful. Enjoy the episode and I can't wait to share Mary with you. <laughs> I really actually wanted to do Meathead Hippie with a co-host and you were my co-host. There's no other option, Mary Paleo Chef. Welcome to what is now Meathead Hippie. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I love the name, by the way. <laughs> I just, I was just kind of sick of the, I love MFIT, whatever. I'll, I'll rep it all day. But I was like, really, what am I? Who am I? Right. Head hippie. So I don't know. You're a little bit of both too. I think you're a perfect combo of each. Oh, dude. I'm a dude bro for sure. I'm like a frat boy stuck in a woman's body. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that. <laughs> and you did. I've been to your gym and you crush yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's like a. I'm over here. Someone will ask me something about their life and I'll give them like, you're fucking up. Let's sit down and pray about it now. <laughs> yep, let's find the balance. Well, if you guys don't know Mary, Mary is an Egyptian goddess slash Pharaoh. And I just have been so impressed with everything you do. I'm trying to think of the first time I found you, but it, it was obviously Instagram and it had yeah. to have been it had to have been just paleo chef and then fat fudge, which yeah. is your product and baby and it's delicious. And I just am, I, I very rarely find people who I just respect as much as I respect you. And feeling mutual. It was, so yeah, I think it was like a casual interaction on Instagram. I don't remember what it was. And then luckily shortly after that was paleo effects. Ooh, sorry. Bless you. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I remember seeing you, and then you saw me, and it was uh, an embrace as though we like know each other forever. And it was so, it was, Paleo Effects is noisy, and it was very quiet and calm in the little circle that when we came to like meet in real life, and it just felt natural. It was a moment, and then I had so many of. Um, 
I remember posting an Instagram story and everyone was like, oh my God, that's paleo chef. Oh my God. It was like I made it in the paleo world when I did an Instagram story with you. Meanwhile, I'm like, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. <laughs> well, it was, um, for those listening, I we were talking, we could have talked probably way too long without yeah. pushing record, which I almost didn't hit record, but I, I am just so... I think the biggest thing is realizing your worth. And I think your message, especially this kind of, can I just read the post that you put? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just put this, I'll link this because I think it's so, so good, but you had such a great post and just such a great stance that you're in right now where I'm just going to let you take over. I want you to just kind of do a eat, play, crush rant of the, that post that you made yesterday that said, um, you're really just sick of people not holding themselves to a certain standard. What did I write? Hold on. I, I always, people always like, what did you say? I go, I don't know, man. I was in the moment. <laughs> if you have a voice, I firmly, firmly believe you have a, a responsibility to absorb information and understanding about as much as you can, then use that to elevate all your conversations online and off. The dumbing down of content, ideas, and products is driving me bonkers. If something forces you to think, to feel, to have, to put in some additional effort to understand, that is great. I will, I will let you continue. Yeah. Um, I should have you read all my posts because people think I'm angry and I'm like, no, you just have to read it with the right tone. <laughs> and you do it with such a calming tone. <laughs> um, I am, I, I'm tired. I think I said in the caption, I said, you know, I'm resilient or I'm strong, but I'm also exhausted. I'm exhausted by the laziness of everyone. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like no one respects the long game anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's what I see on, on TV. It's what I see in movies. It's what I see some of my peers posting, some of the products they're making. It's all meant for the quick fix, the quick turnaround hopping on whatever trend, posting the most simplistic things um, and not giving any thought to it just to be popular or get likes. And then, then I'm equally pissed off at the consumers and I'm a consumer. So I'm putting myself in that bucket for hitting like on a post that just says, believe like, what is the con? Like, what's the con? Believe in what? Just, and it drives me insane that as a consumer, we're not demanding more or alternatively choosing not to engage with things that are less than holding us to a standard. And it's, I'm just tired. I can't, I can't do this myself. You can't do it by yourself. So yesterday was like a call, like help me. Yeah. Let's do better. For an, like an example, just as I'm thinking of the believe it's almost, I think we've become, yeah, I don't know. We've become a little bit jaded with, certain political posts or certain environmental concerns that we feel like we should take action, but we don't really either know how, or we want to stay in that safe zone. And so I think sometimes that, you know, simplifying it, it dumbs us down what you said, because people feel like they are participating in affecting change by a double tap of something that's completely irrelevant. And they feel a little bit better themselves versus realizing like what the big picture is. Right. And there's, there's making something easier to understand versus it just being easy. Yeah. 
And that's the, the, the difference that I see. Like if I post something that you, you can see that post, the post is more than two lines. So it gets the lowest engagement because all oh, you have to read it in order to understand what's going on. And, and if I just post a, a selfie with no context whatsoever, it gets more posts, which means that you're not spending any time engaging with it. And isn't that crazy? It hurts me. <laughs> it does make me really sad because it's like, because all of your posts, all of your content is so valuable. And it's so frustrating when it's, we, we just like, if it's not fast enough, if we can't register it enough, then we don't even give it a second chance. It's, it's ironic considering that this is the era and the uh, industry of self-development. Mm. But only if it doesn't take a lot of work. It's the era of I'm going to memorize all the words of vulnerability, all the actions of vulnerability, but I'm not going to do any of the work. Look at me. I am, I feel today, but that's it. Nothing more than that. And it's ironic that if it takes real work or makes you think or makes you uncomfortable, we reject it. Um, obviously we all, we all understand the, the basics, right? Love yourself, move right, treat yourself well. Don't let crappy people into your life. Um, we get that. I want other posts. How? How do you become aware, not be aware? Um, it makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So for let's give let's get some action steps. Um, I think an, a great example is self love. So mm -hmm. this is just a tangent that I don't even know if will make sense. So you can tell me if it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for self love. I think it's something we will continually work on every yeah. single day. If anyone says that they have completed self-love and they love themselves, lies. Day, they are lying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All lies. Unfollow. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like when people are like, okay, I'm going to do self-love. That's the, that's what I need to work on. The easy way is making a post about how they didn't love themselves and they're working on loving themselves. Look at me in a, on a flattering picture, or this is something that, you know, and which is great. I love that, but I think it's still easy to me. I think that the, the hard things maybe, so I don't even know what the harder version would be, but it's, it's like harder version is, is not feeling like you have to post that. Yes. And that's what I, and it's like, you have, it's a walk. It's a absolute way of living your life and not feeling like obligated to tell someone about it. It's um, like people I've been asked, like, how, how do you learn self-love or how do you learn confidence? And I still don't know the right answer to that. Cause I think about when, when did I feel self-love and, and then I'm like, okay, well, let's flip it. When are the times I felt self-loathing? Because I don't think I learned self-love until I really faced self-loathing. And, um, and people avoid being uncomfortable. And I think more people than not have been through some sort of trauma. And usually the people that are, have the most amount of self-love and resilience are people that have been through stuff. So I think about the times I've, ha I've had self-loathing. Mm -hmm. And I sit in that feeling to where like I can feel it in my body. Um, and then I then use logic. So it's a combination of emotion and logic. And then I look at it logically. What was going on in that situation? A lot of it was all external. And then I start to slowly back away from all those external things and I go to the core of who I am. And I say this a lot. I'm exactly the kind of woman I wanted to be. 
rather than the what. So I don't base my self-love on what I'm doing or where I am in life, but rather the quality and the fiber of woman I am. And if I'm able to always remove myself from the pain to look at it um, from a distance, then I feel like I'm the kind of woman I want to be. But the, the steps to get there is going to be different from anyone else. I forget who the quote's by, but it's um, something about uh, those who fight monsters should take care that they don't become one of them. And I feel like a lot of us spend too much time with our demons and our, and our monsters that we actually become them. Oh, I have it. You ready? Whoever fights monsters should see to it that in the process, he does not become a monster. And if you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. And, and I, I, I forget where I, I think I saw that quote in like a burger joint once. <laughs> and and I don't know I don't know the intent of that quote but I when I what I understood to be is you have to face the monster but you can't live with the monster and every time I am asked the question about self-love I go back to that quote where step one was facing the demon and then quickly removing myself from it and using log it's both logic and emotion um because again self-love looks in action very different for someone like you and i it's moving eating for someone else might be painting for someone else it might be as simple as step one not talking to certain people in their lives removing those things Hmm. i mean what 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 is self-love to you how do you define self-love I define it in a, in the space I'm in. So like for me, if I'm in a self-loving space, I, the, the things I produce, the conversations I have, the actions that I am doing, they are just so much more liberating. So versus going to the gym and feeling like I have to do something because I hate the way I look or hate the way I feel. It's like, I'm going to the gym to explore and have fun. And I'm usually doing more handstands and just being like effing around and Mm -hmm. find new things. And that's just like one very literal example. Like I, it changes my perspective of the world. Like and, and then that opens up so many doors and opportunities and relationships that I don't think I ever would have if I was in a place of, I mean, we just automatically close ourselves off when we are in a place of self-doubt or self-loathing, right? Do like, you think self-love comes before self-respect, self-respect before self-love, or are they the same? Well, I was going to say that that's a great question. I was going to say the reason I hit record when we did hit record is because you do such, you do a way better job than I do. And I'm grateful to have you in my life to remind me of this and I need it, but you know, you know, you, you Mary paleo chef, you're not a product of fat fudge or as a chef. Um, you are just this amazing woman. And I, I have a hard time separating that from me because I, I think maybe it's not that I'm literal. It's just, I see, I have to like, whatever reason it is, it's like, I create challenges and I create string programs. And sure. you know, so for me, I, I don't even know if I guess self-respect that was more of just like as a woman as growing up in a woman household with lots of sisters, I think I always had self-respect. Sure. Didn't have self-love until I started. When was it? Probably when I started realizing the value my life had and 
that's that constant reminder. My value isn't dependent on the products I produce. No, you are an embodiment of the value that you create through your products. Those are just tools. But without a platform, like say you didn't have the platform and you didn't have those challenges, you would still be delivering the same value of your ethos day to day, opening the door for someone, being at a coffee shop, walking the streets, because those little interactions are just as impactful as an influencer as anybody with a huge platform posting to Instagram. Mm -hmm. And if you, like I said before, I think what I said before you started hitting record was you're, you're not any of the individual thing, but the collective of them all. And I was having this conversation with my friend Cody because uh, she, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated when my, my female friends tell me I'm so good at standing up for myself. Or I'm so good at speaking my mind. Um, or they say I have balls and I'm like, I don't have, I don't have balls. Like I'm not being courageous. I'm fucking tired. I'm exhausted. Haven't we all overcome enough? Haven't we all faced enough no's and enough limitations to actually understand that it's not about limitations. It's actually about our infinity. And I'm just tired and I don't want to put up with anything that's not feeding my lack of limitations. And I can't identify, identify myself with any one thing that I'm doing. When I look at you, when I look at you, Emily, I'm not like, Oh, she's the 21 day challenge chick. Like that's ridiculous. The way, I mean, you are, I don't know, even know that you do a good job of this. Actually, you are such an incredibly compassionate person with so much fire and uh, by limiting yourself to thinking it's only what my next thing is, you're only using 10% of that. Mm. And like, are you a dragon or are you a dragon, bitch? <laughs> I am the dragon. God, do you have somebody that does this for you? No, I do this for myself. I want to be this person for you, Mary, because this, <laughs> really, I just got so fired up. Like, I don't know. I, my brain is, I'm the same. I'm, I'm, I love what you just said you are sick of talking about limitations or living around those limitations and talking about the infinity. It's time to talk about the literally the unlimited supply of where we could go. If we just have people that are just like us standing up for what's, what's right. And you only have people that have your back. If you have your back first, Mm -hmm. I'm, I am so universally loved by the people in my life right now. And it wasn't always like that. I definitely was a doormat. I was a really outspoken doormat, but still a doormat. And, um, and it wasn't until I said, fuck this, I've had enough boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And the interesting thing about setting up boundaries and business and relationships is that you find out who your real friends are because real people who love you respect the fuck out of your boundaries. Yeah. People get uncomfortable and they don't like it. They got to go. And when, once I decided to have my own back completely, not in the, I'm going to post and say I have my back, but like legitimately follow through with it. Give me some general examples for somebody that's like, how do I even know if I am a doormat or if I am the, the opener? Um, what's so interesting is that when I moved to LA and I was told that I was going to hate it and come running back because LA has its stigma. And I was away from the friends that I had before and had new friends. I remember having this moment of being like, holy shit, I've never had friends before. (laughs) So it was really a removal. I had to remove myself from my routine. I had to remove myself from the people that were my people. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't overnight. It started with 
So I'm in an environment that I like more. I'm doing things that I want. I'm not away from the things I'm normally doing. And then I go and revisit a friend and I'm having this conversation with them and I'm having an out-of-body experience and I'm having this like, holy shit, this is really unbalanced. I'm giving. Maybe not like physically giving a, something, a tangible gift, but like I'm giving energy and I'm not being heard. And I, in the middle of dinner, got up and said, I have, I have to go. And I left. And it felt so good. Like I felt sad. Like I'm mourning what I thought was that friendship, but I felt relief. And then I did it again with another, another dynamic. And then I did it again with a, with a business dynamic. And every time I removed something that didn't feel 100, something that was 100 replaced it. Mm. And I want to say like three or four months into that process, this is obviously after moving, um, I had that like, whoa, I don't think I've had friends before. And I think it's because I didn't really have my back, my own back. Um, I don't know if those are specific examples enough for you. Because I, I think we all can relate to that. There's nothing, I have no bigger pet peeve than when I'm putting like, you know, I just meet someone, the vibe seems good or whatever. I'm very quick to, not quick to judge, but I'm quick to read energy. Assess. Assess. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to talk about your body language in a sec. Um, not yours specifically, but you know, yeah. you body language. But I do feel like I absolutely hate whether it was like these former Bumble dates I would do or actually my ex relationship, there were so many times where I was like, God, I, I am just talking and talking and asking and asking and pulling and pulling, trying to get some sort of, you know, connection. And it was like, as soon as you realize that there's, it's not mutually connected. If you walk away feeling empty, or if you walk away, not even, not even neutral, you should always walk away with a surplus because those people, well, the people that you can, like when I connect with you, I leave and I'm like, I feel so filled up. And I, I forgot what that felt like. I was like, I've been so used to just like explaining who I am and people. <laughs> people want- this idea of legacy, right? Legacy, legacy, your legacy is being built at the end of every interaction you have. Your legacy is being built every time you walk out of a room. And if you leave the room without elevating everyone in there, what the fuck did you just do? So when you leave an interaction, if you don't feel elevated by the interaction, that interaction shouldn't be part of your world. I remember you saw the thing that was overdue, Jim, hold the standard. Mm-hmm. If, the, if your interactions, if what you're engaging in, if what you're working on is not holding the standard, it's noise and it's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying cut the cord right away. I'm being real, real, I'm going to be realistic. That might take months. Sometimes it might take a year to cut the cord, whatever cord it may be, but it's got to go. You know what though? I'm like the, I'm the, I cut the cord fast. So do I. <laughs> So there is no, I understand that some people might need it, but what is there is gone. Man, my, my friends, they know that about me. I had, I had to end something with like a dear person in my life and, and, and it wasn't an explosive ending. It was just, a, 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 just a, this is not feeling anymore, like feeling good. And the response was, I have seen you do this to so many people, but I never thought it could happen to me. And I'm like, gotta have my own back. And I mean, now two years later, we're able to come back from a more balanced perspective and just begin dialogue again. But it's, it's, it couldn't even get better until I cut the cord. Yeah. yeah. And it, it all is that respect to yourself that you know your worth, you know what value you bring. And if you, you know, you might not even know what you bring, but it's so true. If you don't find 
like what you said, you cut it and then something else that was a hundred came your way. Yeah. Then you were like, Oh, this is what it feels like. Cause I think so many people don't have that. Don't have that. They have fears of a fear of loss, fear of like, this is the best I can get. Even in business, if it doesn't feel, I don't care if it's going to make you a million dollars in a second. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good. Forget about it. And I promise you'll be rewarded with 4 million a year from now. Like that's, yeah, I know that's also an exaggeration and dramatic. But, but. Well, I want to let's get into your boss side because you are such a boss, and I would love to talk about fat fudge and how you basically are recreating the norm when it comes to something product based and also mainstream. And I just have been so impressed with it. What what is what was your inspiration of knowing that you had a product and you could make it to? I want to take this to the next level. So the inspiration to turn it into a product was a recipe that went viral. I might burp at some point in this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but the inspiration to turn it into a product was the readers asking for it, like taking pictures of the recipe in sandwich baggies and saying, we want this as a product, even though the recipe is public. Um, and something that I, a couple of things that came to mind and they, they might be considered bold statements is that, I'm not a team player. I've never been a team player. I was the kid that liked to do things kind of by herself, probably a result of being bullied. Um, And then I played tennis. I played other sports, but like I played basketball. I was point guard. I played volleyball. I was a setter. I played soccer. I was the goalie. These are all individual roles. And I really thrived in tennis. Then I was in tech sales, an individual role. Now I'm a private chef. I am not a team player. I love supporting the collective. Um, but I know that I work well by myself. Um, and then I don't like being dependent on other people. And at some point in your life, if you want to be an outlier, you're going to have to own being an outlier. So knowing that in order to turn it into a business, I knew I didn't want funding because I didn't want to answer to someone else. I didn't want to do a Kickstarter because I wanted even more accountability than just taking the money. Uh, and I, uh, didn't want to borrow money from anybody, even though all my clients are like, here, here. I'm like, no, this can be done. I'm going to show that you can make money to scale versus raising money to scale. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it sort of plays into this, this imbalance that I had with friendships, like never really feeling supportive, supported. But then I was able to launch Fat Fudge using the support of the community that I created. Mm-hmm. And I created a community around my ethos was eat, play, crush, and being accountable and showing up and being valuable. So by asking my audience for their pre-orders, saying at the end, like one, let's just be clear, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) So there's a lot of honesty there. (laughs) I'm going to learn how to turn this into a consumer product good as I go. And in six months, maybe even a year, who knows, you'll either have a product in hand or you'll have a refund, but I'm going to be accountable one way or another. And I needed uh, roughly twenty to $30,000 in pre-orders. And in 30 days, $80,000 came in in pre-orders. And I was able to launch a business with zero debt, not without challenges, plenty of challenges, but using support. And, and the follow-up to that is delivering tremendous value. And I did a keynote recently around launching a physical product as a solopreneur. And, uh, and it, it, while I was on stage in the middle of my talk, I was like, why, what, what is it that causes me to do all of this? Like, what's the, the, why do I want to be so valuable? 
so, and it comes from insecurity. I'm so insecure because I've never been the best at anything. I've never been like perfect grades. I've never been the prettiest. I've never been the best athlete. I've always been a little above average, just under legend. So I can't control that. I can't become a, a smarter, prettier, stronger athlete, but I can control how much value I deliver. So my, the thing that I'm most competitive about is delivering the most value. And that's what I wanted to do with Fat Fudge. I didn't want to just launch a product for the sake of launching a product. I wanted to be an example of launching a product with so much integrity and so much value that you as a consumer can believe you can do the same thing. And in your own merry way. Yeah. And that's what is, is so rad is just how you're, just like you said, like it is your ethos and it's, it's so cool. It's so cool to see. Oh man. Well, I wonder then, can I ask some deep questions based on the deliver the most value? Yeah, for sure. And then I can say I decline if I don't want to answer. <laughs> always pass because I do feel that way too I'm like what is this because it's a competitiveness you know and I think both of us are competitive and I wonder like am I like this with my business and my you know like MPAC and whatever it is and the vision that I have and the map that I have am I like this because one I'm a woman in this fitness male dominated field right this because I'm a woman in a business field am I like this because I just want to be the best at every single thing that I do. Um, but maybe it is deeper than that. Maybe it is like, I never felt like I, I don't know. I can't, maybe it is. I never felt like I was enough in other aspects of my life. And now I feel like I can be. Yeah. I don't know. I feel that way. Yeah. Like I, I, it's, it's so interesting and it's such a strange dichotomy for me to, um, have so much self love and know that I am incredibly loved and yet still feel unlovable. And those are two, they're probably related and I haven't been able to find the connection, but I, I, if I spend time with myself, I'm like, I really, really like myself. I love who I've become. I've loved all the things I've had to overcome to get to this point, but I still don't know that I'm lovable. I almost feel like I've created so much resilience that because of that, I can be unlovable. Um, And there, there that insecurity comes from like, well, am I valuable? So I want to be valuable. I've, I'm always motivated by helping like my vice president make money. I'm motivated by making sure my friend can meet her, her goals. Um, and I just, the competitiveness, I mean, obviously there's always the elephant in the room. Being a female, being 10 years younger than everyone in corporate America, being the daughter of immigrants, being a person of color. I've heard plenty of no's and reasons why I can't. Um, why I, Mary, can't achieve the things that people are telling me um, that I can't achieve that I want. And so it's like, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, that proving myself right versus proving them wrong. Yeah. And then knowing that the one thing I can control is um, the quality of the character I bring to the work and the quality of the work itself. And I think competitiveness is great. When people are saying like, don't be competitive. I'm like, tell that to an athlete. Like, are you kidding me? It's, <laughs> I don't understand when people say competitiveness is not good. I'm like, what? It's the best. It's yeah. the best if it's coming from a place of security and not insecurity, right? So you are secure in yourself, but you also know where you could be. And this is where I get stuck is that that same thing. First of all, you're very lovable. So don't think. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
Um, but to I, be fair, for anyone's listening, it's got my heart broken. So I'm like over here in like the the struggle bus. of like, Wah. he's an idiot. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have the. I know my worth. I know myself. I am so. I love how you say it. I am the woman I wanted to be. You know, I really do feel like I've become this person that I would have been proud of 15 years ago. And yeah. Um, but then there's this, it, the other side of it is then what, again, what's enough? What, you know, if it's never enough and if it's the value could always be increased, I just either have to accept that because that's what I've done now. I've accepted that I will never get to the point I want to get to, because as soon as I get a little bit, not even levels, you know, it's like a little bit more, and whether quite literally, literally <laughs> sales or challengers or conversations that I had where I'm like, wow, I really am making a difference in some of these people's lives, but I still need more. So I'm like, am I ever going to be content as a business owner, as a product, you know, the impact having product has changed my perception of this, but it's like, I, it's never enough. And so this balancing self-love and self-worth but also never settling has been this constant battle in my head. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not a battle. Maybe it's just a beautiful dance. Yeah. Because I, I don't ever want to settle and I don't ever want to stop moving, creating. Um, and you need a little bit of, a little bit of, I want more to keep doing that. And you are someone that never gets, you're never content, right? You do, do you ever feel like you are? If I, if nothing changed from today, I have a really good life. So if ever, I think, I think that sense of security is what allows me to not, to, to want more, not be content, but to want more. Um, I don't know, content's so weird. I also, when I came off that keynote, this conference was riddled with misogyny. It was great. This, this guy comes up to me and he's like, uh, oh, you know, your company and I, we, we have a lot in common. I'm like, oh, how so? And he's like, you know, the whole like self-funded and solopreneur. And I'm like, didn't you go on Shark Tank, get funding and have multiple founders? I'm like super confused right now. Um, he's like, oh, you know, but we, you know, we bootstrapped it in the beginning. And uh, he goes, are you going to be launching more SKUs? And I go into like the vision of that, what I'm going to do next. And he goes, it's going to be really hard to do. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> correct. You've got to be careful. And I'm like, great. You have a question <laughs> for me? Because you don't sound, um, oh, he gave me some unsolicited advice. And I'm like, no, I mean, I'm going to launch it in the way that I'm launching it. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty content with the way I'm building. He's like, you don't sound content. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't sound content. He's like, well, you want to keep growing your business. So you're obviously not content if you want to add more, more SKUs. I go, mm, I'm content with the way that I'm going about my life. Mm -hmm. I'm content with the way I make decisions. But yes, I absolutely want to build upon that and do more. They're not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like you're content, dude. <laughs> oh, I hate those conferences because they just are like expecting you to be so grateful for their wonderful words of wisdom. I'm like, cool. Um, but that, that's what I mean by like, I'm, when I get in a plane, I'm terrified of flying. It's unnatural. I don't think flying will ever be, I'm, you want to see me lose my shit flying on a plane with me. 
my friends love flying with me because they're like, oh, Mary's weak. <laughs> I just talked about it in my keynote about flying because I was like, I am obsessed with airplanes because I had it, I didn't get on one until I was 19. And so I still have this like magical component. Every time I'm there, I'm like, we're just like a giant paper tube paper towel tube flying in the air. Like imagine if you were a bird and you just looked at this and there's all these tiny little heads. I just think it's so, it's time travel. It's, it's so, so cool. cool, but it's, it's just not natural and it's terrifying. So on the plane, I have to tell myself like, okay, if I died today, am I content with what I've created? And then I'm like, no, but I'm content with who I am. Hmm. And there's a difference. Yeah. So I will, I will always want to demand more of myself. I will always want to demand more of the people around me and the environment around me, but I will also forever be grateful for what I do have because we're all going to die. Everything we love is going to go away. And what matters is what we already have, not what we're chasing. So as long as the value I place is, is in what is current, then I actually make better decisions about what I want to do next for the future. And do you think you came out of the womb kind of the person you are, like the very, you have high standards for yourself and those around you? Um, I, I mean, think it's not that all the time. I don't know if it's innate or if it's trained. If you ask any like intuitive or gypsy that walks by me, they're like, you're an indigo child. You're all da da da. <laughs> and, um, and, and then I, and then you ask psychologists or therapists and they, you know, you were trained through your experiences and I think it's just a combination of both, maybe. I think that, I mean, if you look at um, a pack of animals, there's always one that's obviously the dominant one. And, or like, there's the, I don't know, how do I say this? It's a better analogy. You have a litter of, of pups or kittens, and there's always a runt. Well, the runt was born a runt. Mm -hmm. And the strong one was born really strong. And so yeah. I'm like, there has to be, a level of genetics or epigenetics to it, but then how is that harnessed through time? Like I have a really early memory, early memory, I'm talking like three years old, of, of having a little like one-on-one -on -one with myself <laughs> and recognizing, I told myself, your parents are different than everyone else. This is the idea of like we're immigrants, we're my parents immigrants and first generation. And I remember saying to myself, you're not gonna be allowed to do anything your friends do and that's okay and it's because your parents love you so don't be mad at them like I had this chat with myself yeah. way before I was ever asked to be at a slumber party knowing that the answer would be no mm -hmm. and so I don't know where did that awareness come from I have no idea I was really kind and I mean I still am kind I was very I was a lot softer mm -hmm. um more I still am soft it was very obvious upon first meeting me how soft I was as a kid now people are usually tell me a few months into knowing me, like you're a lot sweeter than I thought you were. So I have a rougher exterior now, but I was very um, sweet, very girly, bow in my hair, and started to get picked on in school for those things. And so it, it put up walls. And so I think putting those walls, I could either sit in a corner and cry about how friends didn't like me, or I found the friends that did like me. So I think that's when the discernment began. Mm -hmm. So there was the self awareness, and then there was the what am I going to do with that self awareness? Yeah. So I think it's both. Yeah. Do you know, um, I'm going to ask a few questions. What is your horoscope? What Capricorn? You mean that stuff? Your full Capricorn? I'm Capricorn, rising sun, Sag, moon, Libra. Those are all three great signs. Um, oh, you. Your Chinese grand number. I think I asked you this. 
you're probably an eight an enneagram oh maybe i can look it up on our text message because then i text you about this i know my uh and my myers-briggs is an i i'm an infj you really are an i yeah i show up as an e yeah that makes sense then yeah i show up as an e and then i take days for myself um, how do you spell the enneagram e-n-n-e-a-g-r-a-m and I remember t- we were talking about it when eight I- with a seven wing. Yep, that's perfect because I'm seven. On the sexual variant, remember? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a seven wing eight, so we're like the. That's why we get along so well, but we are. It's still very different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder what. Uh, I I don't know if you believe in past lives. Do you believe in past lives? <sighs> I'm catching me at a very vulnerable time in my life in which I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> just say that. I, just, I think because I grew up, I remember those deep conversations with myself too. It was like, I was, it was a protecting myself. I think, you know, whether I had angels or something looking out for me, but at a very young age, I was able to get out of the situation I was in and be okay. And so, yeah, I think that, I think there's, I don't, I don't think my wisdom is my own. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And where it comes from, I'm not sure, but I can't take credit for the wisdom that I carry. I, and I asked you this. I thought this was really cool when we were talking and I said, you know, I don't know even if I asked liter- literally, what is your gift? Do you remember me asking you this? I can't remember how it happened, but basically you described your gift to me and you said, my gift is showing others theirs. And I thought that was really cool because I don't know if people see that side of you and I want them to see that side of you just because I think it's magical and wonderful. And it's just been so wonderful to have you in my life. But, you know, we always think of certain people we follow as like the paleo person, the fat fudge girl. But like when you said that, I was like, that is so true that when you connect with others, you are really there to bring out this side of them that they probably didn't know that they had. And that's just so cool to me. So it's, it's also the source of my insecurity in the sense that, um, that's, that's where, this is where we get super deep is where I don't know that I'm lovable because I feel like a tool. So I love doing that. Nothing brings me more joy than having people realize what their gifts are and feel really lit up. Um, but then I'm also like, is this when they stop talking to me? Oh, <laughs> no. Definitely want to talk to you more. Um, <laughs> God, uh, not at all. And I, I hope that if anything, the people that you bring that out in, I hope they somehow bring something mutually beneficial back to you because they'd they'd probably don't tell you enough how much you impact the people you're around how so when you say that you don't think people get that side of me because i'm assuming you mean like on the interwebs yeah what are what are suggestions you would have for me for that yeah you are so good at being raw authentically you like that's your message right like this is i work hard i i crush i can be who I am and also do what I want to do. You never have to compromise self for success. And I love that. And I, I think I, I wonder sometimes if the side of, I don't know, I don't necessarily know if it's something that you should even share. I think it's like this, sometimes there's pieces of me that people don't get until they meet me in person. Right. And I like, you know, this component of 
I think people don't realize I'm actually a really nice human and (laughs) (laughs) and I'll hug you, you know, but I almost want to save that for those people. So ironic because I don't want anyone to hug me and everyone comes running in frog and I'm like, no, (laughs) I totally sense that too. I'm like, I'm hugging you anyway, (laughs) but I felt special because I did feel like it was well received. Yeah. So it was, (laughs) um, yeah. Cause I, cause like you, I'm trying to figure out what, like, not what am I doing next, but like, what am I providing next? I think you're, it's more of this side of you that is a, it's not a life coach. Maybe it is a life coach. This like life coach side. I hate labeling it that way, but like this life coach, um, person that, you know, you are able to look at someone's life from an outside perspective and you can list off, you know, you see things very logically and you're very practical and then you're also have this beautiful component that's really emotional. And so, and I just don't think that combination is found very often. So maybe that's what I'm picking up is that you have a great perspective. You're no bullshit that it is what it is, but I also see the bigger picture. I, yeah, I don't know how to teach that. I, that's my constant struggle is like, how do you distill that into stuff you can share with a collective versus just one-on-one which is why again I thrive in the one-on-one environments not like the big group environments and I try to pepper that in with like the recipe post yeah where my captions are really why I post not necessarily the pictures that I'm posting but I don't know how to teach people those two components um yeah it's it's hard to, to translate it and it and then I look at people that do this work and write those books. But then I learned that they don't even write the books. <laughs> I am at a loss. <laughs> I know. And you're, you don't want to just be another, like, I totally get it. I think it's, well, the conference that you're going to do, I think is a great platform for people to touch many people's lives, but also um, stay in that one-on-one environment. I always wonder, you know, like these, programs that I run, the only ones that I am obsessed with are the ones where I can do the live Q and a, or like, even if it's a group, I'm like, at least I feel like I'm able to say whatever the fuck I want to say. And these people feel safe enough to ask the questions that they need. And they're not just getting lost. That's when I've realized like, Oh, this is so much better than just like a Instagram live or whatever it is. Um, but I I also try to pep talk myself into thinking about, um, like I'm not here to change the world, but I am impacting certain people that can and will change the world. So I view all my interactions as they're all mustard seeds. It's it like a little religious. Mm-hmm. And where if I can impact that one mustard seed, then that mustard seed will go move mountains and places that I otherwise couldn't touch. So like one my keynote that I did was the first keynote I've done in like four years, unrelated to something corporate of my own. And I knew that my topic was niche and it was going to a room of people where 90% of them probably will like the anecdotal jokes, but it's not really for them. And so I went on stage going, I don't care to connect with all of you. I care to connect with the one or two of you that need to hear my message. Yeah. And that made me feel a lot more secure in the way I go about things. Mm. Um, I, I do think um, there's a combination of just being and letting the process or the formula show itself versus trying to sit down and actually figure out my program to self-awareness. Because <laughs> like, what does that mean? Half the time I think people just need to get punched in the face and then like, cool, you'll be self-aware now. Yes. Yes. 
I just, oh, there's something that's there that I don't, I don't even know. Maybe it's just something that is, it exists and that's it. But there's something with you, with Diane, with myself and probably Cody, which I am jealous. I want to meet her. You have to, you're a lover. I just, there is something, there's some tribe of humans of, I don't even want to say of females of humans that just fucking get it. And they, and we don't know why we get it either. Cause we're always having like Diane, Cody, even Anthony, we're always having these conversations of like, what is it? No, <laughs> and I feel like it's right in front of us. And we just it. have no idea. Like, the people listening to this, they, they are in that tribe. They get it. You know, it's like, we're, it's, I'm so honored to be approached by people that are like, I follow you because you were the only Instagram person that did fitness, but didn't show their ass every day. And I'm like, <laughs> appreciate that. You know, like you don't understand how much that means because I know what gets likes and I know what I don't want to be. And I, right. that it goes back to that initial post that we talked about. It's like, I get so pissed when I see people that I know, or even that I don't know, like, you know, I love supporting women and love supporting all body types. And I love being comfortable in your sexuality and open, but there's so much more to it than that. And I get so frustrated when I see people buy into it and it, yeah. I fucking hate, because here's the thing is if you're engaging with clickbait, clickbait online, you're probably walking clickbait in the real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example of that is is people that use shock for humor. Uh, I find that to be incredibly boring and uncreative. I'm trying That's, to think if I know an example. I can't think of one. I can. I just can't like throw anybody under the bus. Is there a fire outside? <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Too many fires. Hopefully that's just a barbecue. Um, California is on fire right now. Um, but I think the way you, now there is no separation between online and real life. And the way you engage online is probably how you engage in real life. Mm -hmm. And I I need people to be more aware of that. Yes. Um, and, and we're losing all ability to have any sense of social etiquette in real life. I want to finish reading the rest of your post because I do think people need to hear this. Um, Don't be thirsty for basic one-liners from people just because they are shiny. It's on us to demand things of greater thought and care, whether by explicitly asking for it or by not engaging with less than. It's also on the other us, the creators, to be thrilled about creating things that elevate the collective, not simply posting, speaking, and clickbait. Just so freaking good. Um, And I really like that you ask, you say you can ask for it, you know, demand that from the people around you if it's not elevating them ask them ask them the questions and where they're going with certain posts or their intentions um i think that's a great place to start even in your own circle if you're not really even sure how to impact change or how to not be just one of those it's hard i've had to ask some very influential friends to do better and they didn't like that and so i just distanced myself from them hmm. Um, I've had to ask friends do better and they don't want to and it hurts to end those dynamics and then I've been asked to do better and the response is very different someone says do better I'm like holy shit how show me tell me what did I do what what can I do better and that enthusiasm for self-development is the only thing I want around me you don't have to be perfect you just have to desire self-development and then there's just so much more respect that comes around that yeah 
Oh, this is so good. <laughs> I needed this. Guys, this is really just selfish reasons. Emily needed to talk with Mary. So <laughs> <I'll do the laughs> Oh man, I love it. I'm, there's so much more I want to say, but I do think that's a perfect way to end. Um, is there anything that you would like to say to my audience about demanding more of who they are? I feel like we covered everything. I think we did. We did a good job. Uh, you were awesome. And I hope you realize that you are so lovable. Working on it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where can they find you? What's your website, your Instagram? I'll link it all in the bio, but I just. Yeah. Paleochef.com. And then at Paleochef on Twitter and on Instagram. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining Meathead Hippie. My peeps are going to love this. I can't wait to hear what your theme music is for Meathead Hippie. Oh, it's, it's going to be good. And oh, also, should we talk, let's talk about the giveaway we're doing. Oh, yeah. So I'm obsessed with your backpack. <laughs> I talk about it everywhere. It doesn't matter if I'm like going to the bathroom at the airport, at the conference, at the gym. Um, and I want to create more awareness around it. And I love that you can put fat fudge in it. So we're doing a giveaway. Um, it will be one where you're going to have to do more than just tag a friend, like share things and write something about yourself <laughs> in order to enter and you'll win a bat, an unpack a color of your choice and a full case of 72 packets of fat fudge. So be on the lookout on Instagram for that. I can't wait to run this with you. It's my two favorite things, fat fudge and impact. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for watching. Mary, this was wonderful. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye, guys. I'll see you next week.